we learned that you went to England at a very young age, all by yourself. Uh, what motivated you and your family to make that super drastic decision? Um, it was a, it wasn't an action out of desperate situation, I would say, because back then, you know, when I was in high school, I wasn't much of a、uh, a good student, so called. So,、um, you know, I was kind of running out of options, and at the time, my aunt, she just, you know, she happened to be in England, and she got in contact with us. And saying, you know, hey,、uh, I'm working for this college. You know, if you needed my help, you can send your precious son to England, and I'll take care of them. So that's how it started. Our guest today is a young man who went to the UK as a high schooler without speaking any English, and later came to the States for college. We interviewed him to explore what it was like to grow up alone without parents by his side, and his relationship with them. But his story was so complicated that we realized the interview was not able to present the things that he experienced. His journey is so far away from our own lives, and we once again realized how limited our mindsets are. Because of this, we decided to turn the microphone to him and let him narrate his story in the way he saw best. So the experience I had in UK wasn't really pleasant.、Um, I mean, I did have some fun and joyful moments, but in general, it wasn't it wasn't pleasant. So when I first arrived in England,、uh, my my English proficiency was terrible. And I remember the when I went through the customs, the the lady there, she was an Indian, and she had this like, really strong Indian accent.、Mm, I couldn't understand her, cause the way she spoke, it was nothing like anything like I learned from the textbooks. And plus, it was it was almost midnight, and she was just impatient. And she even gave gave me this look. It was like you know, oh my god, why why am I dealing with someone who doesn't speak English again? And she actually like gave me that look. And at the time, I, I was just very uncomfortable, and I felt awkward and kind of embarrassed. Well. I got everything done and passed the customs, despite the、uh, the unpleasant event with this lady. And my aunt she picked me up, and and my journey started from there. My first year in UK, it was it was difficult. I remember my aunt and I. We lived in this tiny, tiny room that she rented. <laughs> I can still remember the scent of the house. It was kind of garlic, but I was fine with it. You know, it was it was a place to live, and you know, I had I had a roof. <laughs> and plus, my my aunt, she you know, she took care of like old errands for me. She gave me a a phone card, and she opened a bank account for me. 
uh, everything was like ready for me to to start living in England. But like I said, she was she was a very busy person. So you know, she, she left the house in the morning, like very very early in the morning, and she didn't come back until like almost midnight. And as for me, the schedule wasn't intense. Because I, all I had to do was like going to a language college, and took a couple of hours of classes, and if I wanted, I I could just you know use a few hours to practice English with my classmates or the instructors, and if not, then I could just you know come home and do whatever. But like I said, my English was so bad at the time, I didn't make many friends. It was almost impossible to like communicate with the locals. I don't know if it was because the the way that they spoke English was different from how I learned from the textbooks, or it could be the accent. But it was extremely difficult for me to understand anything that they said. So, what I did in the end was. I just chose to, you know, lock myself in that tiny room and stayed in bed like all day long. <laughs> I remember during the weekends, you know, my my aunt she went out to uh, to work, and I just stayed in that l- little room and I didn't eat, I didn't go downstairs to cook, I didn't take showers, and <laughs> I was just like rotting, like in my bed, like just doing nothing. It was it was kind of pathetic to be honest, because you know, my parents spent a lot of money to send me aboard,、um, and it was kind of like just wasting their money and doing nothing. So the life like that continued for some time, and <laughs> I even remember that my aunt she she laughed at me once and said, "Darling, you smell, you really smell bad." And you really do need to take a shower.、Uh, it was it was that bad. The first couple of months, you know, it was okay. You know, I I I went to school and talked to like my my classmates, and we even hung out a couple of times. I remember there was、uh, this Japanese student, and she had. A party at her her house, and she invited like almost all the classmates to to her apartment. It was one of the the best times I ever had. We spoke poor English, but we still like tried our best to communicate with each other. Like the way she described like how to make sushi, <laughs> oh my god, it was it was the funniest moment. At the time, she didn't know. Like much vocabulary to describe it, so it was like a lot of body gestures and body movements, trying her best to demonstrate how to make sushi. That was the very first couple of months. I had another aunt.、Uh, she came to visit my. This this aunt that I live with, we decided to like move move out out of this、uh, this house and we rented an apartment. Three of us, my two aunts and and I. But 
this, the other ant, let's just call her Ant B. Well, I remember we had a couple of like arguments because of some like really tiny stuff. I remember I had the toilet sit up once. She was just like, she freaked out. She sounded like a crazy person at the time. And I just talked her back. She got so frustrated and she just, she took off. She just, you know, went outside of the apartment and just gone. Me? I didn't think it was anything serious. Well, my aunt, let's say aunt A. She didn't arrive home at the time. So when my aunt A, after talking to me about like what happened, and she got like really worried. She knew that my aunt B wasn't really stable uh, mentally because of the grief when, when she when she lost her dad. Um, and ever since the the toilet uh, incident, me and my this aunt B, we we just didn't get along. <clears throat> like we would never talk to each other, and if she walked in, uh, just happened to see me in the kitchen, then she just. She, she would have just like go back to um, the living room and the way that she looked at me it was hostile it was very awkward to live together and you know i tried to like break the ice in between us you know i tried to like make some food for both of them but she she took it very personally she was like, well, what is, is he trying to poison me or something? She was imagining stuff. My aunt, I, she used to tell me that, you know, her sister used to be a very happy and optimistic person. But ever since their, their father passed away and the grief was, it was too much for for her sister to handle. She often had um, depressed thoughts. She felt anxious when some random events that was like happening in her life and she would just be like freak out about it. I had my temper as well. So my aunt A told me, you know, well, she's really unstable. So it's probably better for you two to, you know, like separate for some time and we'll see how it goes. The decision was understandable because her situation was not very optimistic. And plus, you know, it was a, it was just a one bedroom apartment. So, you know, I got the privilege to stay in the, in the bedroom, but both of my aunts, they had to share the living room. I decided to move out. Uh, at the time, my aunt, she, you know, she was working for a college. So, you know, she had like um, some Chinese students. And I think she told, she told one of her students about my situation. And that student was being very helpful. He reached out to me and saying, you know, hey, dude, I got this place that I'm living uh, with my uncle. It's just, you know, one bedroom, but, you know, since my uncle doesn't, doesn't really like live here. So it's just me, you know, if you want, we can like share this one bedroom together and pay the rent separately. So I decided to move out 
to move moving with this guy and um, that was actually the first time I actually started to live independently this student of my aunt he was on his student visa and what he did was like using his student visa to buy him time so that he could like work i don't know either on the under the table or not and he kept this room it was just for him and his uncle to have a place to stay um during the weekends yeah during the weekdays they don't they don't stay here so in the end you know i got to like stay in this one bedroom all by myself only paying like half of the rent of it the living condition wasn't exactly as um, I expected. It was a single house that was filled with a bunch of Chinese people. I don't know about their stories, but I think some of their status were not strictly speaking legal. Um, the reason why I'm saying this was because we had a couple of visits from the local police officers and there was this one time I actually opened the door for the police officers and they started asking questions like, hey, do you know this person? Um, obviously it was a, a Chinese name. I couldn't read the name, but I didn't know the person, right? So I just upfront about it, and I was like, no, I don't know this person. I don't even know if um, he or she lives here. And um, the police officer asked, like, um, well, is there anyone else in the house at the moment? Um, I didn't know, so I just told the truth, right? So I was like, oh, I don't know. You know, I just pay my rent and live here, and I don't really know other people that well. So after the police left, um, one of the tenant, he appeared from his room and he was like, what did you, what did you tell the police? Like, what were they asking? And I was just like, oh, they were asking for this person. He was like, okay, if, if you hear the police knock on the door again, like, just don't answer it. Um, you know, I had my suspicious and I was like, these people, they were good. Like they treat me well. Um, I really don't know the, the story behind it. And then I didn't ask, I didn't bother to ask cause that was their, their business. And then I didn't want to be like any part of it. Anyways, despite of the, some of the tenants were being kind of shady, living there was okay. After living there for a couple of months, um, you know, I graduated from the language college and I got accepted by the University of Northampton. My, <clears throat> my aunt tried to like convince me to apply for other universities, but I, um, at the time, and I met this one dude uh, well, actually, one of my friends in China, he introduced me to, to this guy. And this guy, Sean, he was a 
very friendly and talented person. And he was very... Uh, what's the word? He was very charming. And then, after being introduced, Sean came to London and visited me for a, a few days, you know, during the um, holiday season. And then, you know, we hung out, uh, went to places. And that was the first first the time that I actually felt that I made a, a true friend in, in UK. I, I felt like attached to to him because obviously you know he was he lived in london longer than me and he had like more experience and he showed me around plus his english was like way better than mine um and he would take me to like all kinds of places that i didn't have the courage to go to you know because of my poor uh, english proficiency after Sean paid me a visit in London and, um, you know, we had such a good time and Sean actually invited me to visit him in Northampton and he wanted to like show me around because um, he heard that I, I recently graduated and I was looking for, I was looking to apply for a university. So he was like, oh, hey, I'm here at the University of Northampton. Why don't I just, you know, show you around and see if you like this this university? So I paid him visit and stayed with him for a week, more than a week. Northampton is a very small town. It's almost like a countryside compared to London. I remember the, you know, the, the, the smell of the grass, uh, just fresh air, and this cold wind blew on my face. It felt, it just felt so good, you know, getting away from, because, you know, London is like a really big city, and uh, it's crowded, and it's polluted in a way. And uh, this change of the environment really uh, refreshed me. My first impression of Northampton was really good. And Sean was there, you know, waiting at, waiting for me at the, uh, the, the, the station. For the next week, he just introduced me to his roommates, to his friends. And later on, I became friends with with those people. So the overall experience I had in Northampton was great. I had a lot of uh, like f new experience, like like the um, the first time to take a bus, the first time to have like traditional British uh, breakfast, um, the the first time to ever go to a uh, bar to have to just have a burger this overall experience and made me to decide that you know i wanted to go to the university of northampton like i didn't care if there were like other universities or better universities that would accept me 
But what I val what I truly valued was this this relationship, this friendship that I had with Sean. The first year that at the university was it was wonderful. Sean rent a house with some of his friends, and he invited me to stay with with them. He said that you know, if you need a place to stay, you're more than welcome to stay with us. Then the school started. The University of Northampton had this program where. Um, they would ask like all this, all the international students to take this one class. It's kind of like English one hundred one to prepare you、um, for academic writing. The only difference is that that class was specifically designed for international students. So I met a bunch of like other Chinese students because you know before before the university I went to this language school so. My English proficiency, even though it was still bad at the time, but my English proficiency was was kind of like better compared to other Chinese students. And some of those students, they were kind of like admire that I could,、um, you know, at least answer some questions in the class and be fluent from time to time. So that gave me a sense of like fake pride. And I got somewhat cocky and、uh, arrogant about it. The first year it went by fast. Sean and and his friends, you know, the people I lived with,、um, because they were seniors at the time. So after that one year, they just graduated. Sean, he. He decided to, you know, after graduation, he decided to go back to China, and that's where I think everything started to to change.、Mm. I'll probably bring this up. the The reason why Sean played such an important role.、Um, During this year, was because that I felt that I was I was like really attached to him, not in a sense of like friendship where he was like taking care of me, but because I liked this person, and I felt that Sean was feeling the the same way. You know, we we lived together, we went to shopping together, you know. Went to grocery, the haircut together, and we went to like visit all kinds of places. And we would come home and cook for each other. Sean, like I said before, Sean is a、uh, a very charming guy. But um, let me let me put this way. I don't know. Well, I still don't know if Sean. Was a gay or not? But at the time, the feeling I had towards him was was kind of like beyond friendship. I'm not sure. I guess I was going through、um, puberty, and 
my emotions just got mixed up. The, I couldn't differentiate the feelings in between like true friendship and you know having a special feeling towards someone. At the time, I wasn't thinking that much.、Uh, I wasn't thinking about like gay relationship or anything like that, because I thought I was straight. I mean, I I am straight. It was just that at the time. Uh, I got those like mixed feelings. Sean played a, a very important role during this one year. When, when I lived with Sean and those those people, and then everything felt genuine, like they would truly care about my well-beings. I would treat them as like my my real friends, and so did they. After Higgy and、um, his friends left the house, and I had to move out, and I felt this emptiness inside of me、it、was kind of like hollow, and I wasn't like really motivated to do anything. There were still like other Chinese students at the university, and so I still hung out with them. But the feeling that I had with these Chinese students, it was it was very different. It didn't feel authentic. Like it felt like we had a a wall in between us. After that, you know, I applied for the the school dorm and lived all by myself. Uh, and I think everything, everything changed at that point. This is mine, Zach, from this person I met. Thank you so much for listening. We would like to extend our gratitude to the guest today for his incredible trust and generosity to share his memories. We plan to dedicate three episodes for him. Please subscribe and follow us if you don't want to miss his story. See you soon.